Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Welcome everyone to the MotorWeek podcast number 47. I'm your host, John Davis, and this is another one of our no-holes-barred roundtables with some of the main folks from the MotorWeek staff. As a matter of fact, sitting around our table today in Studio C is Road Test producer and two-wheeling reporter Brian Robinson. Hello, John. Our associate producer, Ben Davis. Ready to critique. And road test writer, Ben McAllister. Hey, hey. And this is Ben's first time, I believe, right, Ben? Yeah, I think so. Just step right up to the uh, microphone, all right. Ben. Two Bens. Don't be, testing, don't be, sh- don't be shallow. Don't be, sh- <laughs> don't be shy <laughs> or shallow uh, for that two matter. Two Bens don't make a Robin. <laughs> okay. Uh, once too. again, this uh, session, we're going to have our lightning round. We'll also look at our MotorWeek mailbag. But okay, uh, first thing we're going to do is look at. Uh, One of the newest vehicles from a brand who has not been enjoying much success in the last uh, couple of years, but who is now at a focus of a big effort by Ford to improvement. I'm talking about Lincoln. Uh, We're going to be discussing the Lincoln MKX. Uh, their new crossover, a renewed crossover. Then we're going to switch gears completely and talk about uh, the BMW 3 Series, specifically the 335iS, uh, a car that uh, sort of surprised everyone because with the 3 Series getting ready to be redesigned, uh, their intentions behind the IS were a little surprising. So, starting with the Lincoln MKX, and that's X is in Xavier. Um, a redone mid-size crossover based on the Ford Edge uh, has most all of the Edge's improvements and then some. Who would like to weigh in with some comments? Ben, uh, how about you? Uh, ben, no Elma. problem. Yeah, the, uh, the MKX is uh, not substantially. It's not uh, all new for. 2011, but it's uh, it's been redone the same way the Edge has, just like and, you said, and a little bit more so. I mean, they yeah, basically well, it's, 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 it's it looks with. quite different in the front it and does, rear, and the rear too, which the Edge didn't get uh, didn't get a makeover in the rear. But uh, the the MKX looks good. Uh, it only comes with 3.7 liter V6, whereas but, the Edge comes with uh, the 3.5 or the 3.7. So this form. is the higher o- out- output engine, 305 that comes horsepower. Yep, in the Edge Sport. Yeah. And it's also the Mustang's engine. Yes, yes, Okay, so that's really kind of pretty significant. Yeah. It's uh, it's a big deal, and it's got a new interior, and uh, my Lincoln Touch, same as my Uh, Ford Touch. Mitch, which Uh, there are a lot of groans around the table (laughs) for that one. Uh, If you haven't experienced the the whole Ford Sync or or my Ford Touch or my Lincoln Touch as this is. uh, Touch my Ford. You know, it's like having a big smartphone in your car. And, of course, the minus on that is, like most smartphones, there's no tactile feel to the switches. You've got screens. Uh, There are some switches on the steering wheel that activate some screens in the gauge cluster. Which are very nice. I did like that setup. It's kind of like a five-button control like they're on cell phone keypads but the volume but, controls, but it works well i thought it worked very well yeah well, the volume controls the mkx are touch sensitive and they're way too touch sensitive yeah, yeah. oh i do remember yes. that remember yeah. your people you were getting in it and brushing it with your hands yeah. and either the volume was either splitting your ears yeah. or yeah. completely off or yeah you you kind of have to point your finger right at it if you put your hand up there you'll adjust three yeah. other things while you're trying to it takes a lot of concentration when you're driving for sure to Way too much, and yeah. that's the problem. You got to look away for the big center stack screen, which looks a lot has all the icons like a smartphone. Or you've got to look away for the volume controls right. because they're so touch. But sensitive. you can do the majority of that on the wheel. You don't actually have to use the uh, 
the Mai Tai. Chuan. And that's where it pays right. off. Right. That's kind of like the saving grace for it. Yeah. Now, I should point out, this is the optional system. Your standard uh, MKX gets a more conventional system, although even there, there's not very many traditional uh, buttons and, and knobs. Overall, I think the new MKX, it's, they did a good job with it. I kind of like the looks of the old one a little better. I can't get into that huge grill. I love that I mean, Art Deco toaster streamlined From the uh, four early 40s. Oh, the new one? You're not going to have a new one. one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think it depends on color. I mean, if you see uh, either... If you see a Lincoln with the big split grill in black, it looks like a funeral vehicle. I'd like to see one in avocado green or harvest gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not sure it's worth, uh, what, 10, 13 more yeah, than the, than the Edge? More. I mean, yeah. The Edge is a, is a very, very nice vehicle. Yeah. It was very well done. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's worth uh, spending that much more money depends on your status. But I guess the important thing is is it's not a complete clone of the, of the Edge, which is good. It's got a little more standard power, and yep. it really is a step above the Edge instead of just being a different grill. It was the same last time around as well, though. Yeah, and and that is great. And I do like the the older body style a lot as well. Mm-hmm. I, it was a was a beautiful truck, uh, just like the new one, though. Okay, let's move on now to uh, our uh, second vehicle, the BMW 335 IS. Who wants to it, describe what was behind this vehicle and what it actually is? Uh, well, can I take a crack? Sure. Right, well, it's, Boy, it's, he's just stepping right up that microphone, yeah. isn't he? Mm-hmm. Go, McAllister. Uh, the, the IS uh, should slot in between the 335i and the M3. And uh, Now, is this this is not a sedan. It is a coupe and a convertible. Coupe and convertible right, only. Just coupe and convertible right. only. And uh, it's it's still using the old N54 uh, 3-liter twin turbo inline 6, whereas most of the rest of the lineup has gone to the new single turbo so inline 6. So they tweaked up the existing engine. They tweaked engine. up the, exist, uh, the existing engine, and I, th- I think there's a lot of life left in the N54. There's a yeah, lot they, to be had from it. They put a, like an oil cooler and uh, updated yeah. the cooling system and yeah. so a different it's, radiator. So Took out the fog lights so they have better breathing. I mean, it's a more powerful car, and it, you really uh, the zero to sixty times were right in between what we got for a standard three thirty five i and the M three. It was right four point seven. Yeah, they were pretty pretty good. They had a pretty good focus on what the aftermarket was doing, what what tuners were doing with the car, and decided to make a factory tuner three series, if you will. Is is pretty much how it got born. A lot of people were blacking out the grills. A lot of people were um, adding the turbo and. Uh, it's really a beautiful, beautiful vehicle. Sounds Without good. spending all the money for an M car. Well, and you still have your warranty close. on top of that. I mean, it's getting yeah. close to an M3. It's maybe too close, I think. Uh, I just saw another one of them today, and it is a sharp-looking vehicle. I mean, it really stands out. As a matter of fact, we just uh, had the convertible in, and that was very attractive, too, mm-hmm. which I, didn't, I wasn't prepared to like that one as much, but it looks pretty cool. And you're saying the prices are close, um, but you're still going to get – equal fans for each i mean you're still going right. to get the people that love the eights and then you're still going to give people that would wouldn't care if it came in a 12 they, they want that turbo six and it's certainly more comfortable of a daily driver than the m3 i mean no, that's that's no an problem. understatement yeah. yeah and this is all this is with a new three series uh right around the corner i expect with the next couple of months we're going to see uh the new car so yeah it's a track like you said it was it was almost as quick as the m3 as far as handling it's still the same suspension basically as a 335i they didn't upgrade that uh much so it it 
doesn't handle quite as well as the M3. Pretty close. That's a little more roll to it. That's really the main thing that you feel. But it's better to live with daily. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay, let's move on now to our MotorWeek Lightning Round, where our MotorWeek panelists have the opportunity to share their opinions on topics, making headlines. We'll have two minutes, and at the end of that two minutes, you're going to hear this, our little bell, which will tell us all to hush up and get on with it. Here's the question. Hyundai is considering a separate luxury brand. It very well likely might be under the name of Genesis. Would Hyundai become more competitive or would the move just drive up their prices? And the watch has started. Who wants I'll jump right in on that one. The, uh, that was the original plan with the Genesis today mm-hmm. when that came out two years ago. But being uh, like the worst rec- or worst year for sales in quite a long time, they thought it was not a good idea to spend the however hundreds of millions of dollars it would cost to launch a whole new to brand. To establish a new brand so, and set up new dealers and everything. Yeah. So I think it's the right idea, but I think maybe now it's it's too late. I mean, unless you come up with a different name than Genesis because everyone, you know, calls it a Hyundai Genesis. At the time, you know, you're launching a brand like Infinity or whatever. It's a whole new brand. People aren't quite sure how much Hyundai it is, how much is it something new. Now everyone, oh, yeah, well, that's just the Hyundai Genesis with a new name now. Yeah, well, so, that's I'd, a good point. Yeah. It wasn't easy for Honda to launch Acura, Toyota to launch Lexus. There were teething pains for all those things. But all those vehicles were launched separately from the main brand. Um, I mean, the only one that tried to sort of do the same thing was with Mazda, and that failed. Uh, when the, What was the top-line car? Millennia. The Millennia. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to agree with, with Brian. I think that they missed the opportunity to do that at the launch with this name. Right. Or else they need to come out with a whole new line of products. You can't just take it and call it a Hyundai Genesis one day and a Genesis the next. Yeah, hmm. it's it's the stigma. It's still attached to the Hyundai name, uh, but, whether yeah. they deserve it or not. Uh, you know, people remember the Hyundais from the uh, '80s and '90s, and they don't remember them fondly. But so, but so. they're roaring. Their sales oh, success right now. They're just they're roaring right. through the roof. So I do I think, think people they, have forgotten it. Well, they do need to come up if they want to get like the Equus, get serious with a high-dollar luxury car. They do need to have a different name on it. I mean, the Genesis is a great car. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I love it. And we, you know, I voted for it for luxury mm-hmm. car of the year or whatever. But you know, people still say, "Wow, that's a Hyundai." I mean, I've got actually a bigger problem with the Hyundai Coupe. I just don't think that's distinctive enough. And and I agree, the Equus is not quite there. Yeah. Okay, I think we handle that question pretty well. Let's move on now to the MotorWeek mailbag. Remember, if you submit a question uh, for our podcast, uh, you can do that at uh, www.motorweek.org. And if you get chosen, you'll receive a free MotorWeek T-shirt. Do they have to pay for shipping? Or uh, no, we okay. will pay for shipping. We're, we're nice guys. Just to clarify. Uh, and we've already shipped one out to Gary in Colorado. Okay, Gary, good question. Uh, you have a 2007 Toyota Tundra with a 5.7-liter V8 engine. The manual recommends 87 octane and states to have a lower octane and states that a lower octane could cause engine knocking, which could, of course, can cause uh, engine damage. Can I use 85 octane, which is available here in Colorado? I do use the truck to haul 6,000 pounds of trailer capacity. I have an answer if no one else does. I have an obvious um, Here's <laughs> Here's the deal. You live in a high-altitude state. 
The reasons that 85 octane is available in your state is because at higher octanes, the air pressure is reduced. And that means the air pressure inside the engine is reduced. And therefore, you can get away with using a lower octane. It's perfectly acceptable in a high altitude condition to use 85 octane if a vehicle is rated at 87. However, if you take that vehicle and drive it a lot at sea level, say you go from Colorado to California, you will want to be on 87 by the time you get down out of the mountains. Wow. Uh, huh. It's an interesting thing that only 85 octane in this country is mostly only available in high altitude uh, western states, and that's the reason, because wow. it has to do with the outside air temperature. Genius answer. I have nothing to add. Well, I looked that. it up on the internet, but I did look it up a couple of different <laughs> oh, no, places. Wait, now wait, I give wait, it away. Even with um, the, yeah, if you don't he, have any trouble towing 6,000 pounds with 85 octane. I didn't even no know pings. you could get 85 Well, octane, only out there. Yeah. And and the, the trick is on all of this, uh, no matter what, first of all, the engines have computers that will adjust for higher or lower octanes. But try some. Try some, put the vehicle under a little bit of a load. If you get knocking with 85, which you shouldn't, but if you do, you want to stop, put some better gas in it, and you know, forget the experiment. But uh, according to everything that I was able to research before we started today's show, because I didn't know the answer to this one either, um, it's perfectly okay as long as you drive at high altitudes. Right on. Okay. If it's on the internet and you heard it here. No, actually, I, I looked it up more. I didn't. Plug, <laughs> I didn't trust it just because it was in the internet. Okay. Uh, but it uh, it certainly makes sense when you start to think about it. A little good bit. question, Gary. Very, very, very good question, and frankly, one of the toughest questions we've ever had on a podcast. And that does bring to a close our Motor Week podcast number 47. I want to thank our audio engineer, Brad Giardello, our podcast creator, Bill Mixter, our producer, Michelle Parker, and her bell. And thanks to Around the Table to Brian Robinson, Ben Davis, and Ben McAllister, and to all of you for listening to our Motor Week podcast. And be sure to watch Motor Week on your local public television stations and also on HD Theater. Till next time, I'm John Davis. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.